Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. He leads away. Australia away. Sit back and enjoy the stroke play of Meg Lanning. This is excellent batting by Ash Gardner. Jonathan strikes again. She's on a hat-trick. She comes at Molyneux. Catch is taken by Perry. The Australian women's cricket team win their fifth. Welcome back to the Scooby Other Cricket Podcast dedicated to the women's game. I'm Emily Collin and with me is Laura Jolly, women's cricket editor for cricket.com.au. LJ, on today's show we've got Kristen Beams, as always, who's joining us to run through all the final series. There's lots to talk about. And we've also got Amanda Jade Wellington from the Adelaide Strikers, who is one of the 11 players that got nominated in the team of the tournament, LJ, which you are a selector on, but we'll get to that uh, later. Firstly, we just want to give our listeners a bit of a reminder of the new finals format that's come in for WBBL 07. So on Wednesday night, we've got the Brisbane Heat up against the Adelaide Strikers in the Eliminator at Adelaide Oval. The winner of that one will move into the Challenger to face the Melbourne Renegades, also at Adelaide Oval, so that's on Thursday. And then the winner of the Challenger will meet the Scorchers on Saturday at Optus Stadium, which is set to be – it's going to be a great night at Optus Stadium. But, LJ, I want to talk to you about the uh, team of the tournament, which you were a selector on. Um, tell us about the selection process and how you got to the 11 players that have made it into this this year's team. Yep, so um, the selection panel was the same as last year. It was myself, Mel Jones, Lisa Stalega and the Australian – women's team national selector, Sean Flegler. Mm-hmm. Um, so we all put in our 11s late last week. They got combined together. There were obviously a few positions where there was a bit of uh, debate. Yeah. And then over the weekend, a few other names popped up and that was finalised following the last match. Yeah. Um, there were, I mean, there were a bunch of players that walked into the side. Mm-hmm. You got Mooney and Divine the opening partnership in the team of the tournament for a third consecutive year. Wow. So whatever wow. genius brought those two together at the Scorchers <laughs> knew exactly what they yeah, were doing. they've done well. Harman Preet Kaur was always going to be in there after her season. Same with Jess Jonathan. Mm-hmm. And I think probably Darcy Brown was the other automatic selection almost. Um, some of the other debate, though, was um, there are a few positions that were a bit contentious. Yeah, so Georgia Redmayne, I see she's got... got Got the gloves, so she's in the team and she's got the gloves. Was was she one of those ones that was there was a bit of debate around? Yeah, she was a probably a later inclusion after her weekend's mm-hmm. performances um, up in Mackay. I think she's scored five half centuries for the tournament mm. now and has 17 dismissals behind the stumps, um, far away more than the Mooney, who had five. Yeah. So in last year's team of the tournament, 
um, Redmayne couldn't quite sneak in, um, mm. just not quite the same performances with the bat to force her way in. Yeah. This season, I think, clearly the best keeper in the competition. I think second or third on the runs table now. It was time for her to be included. Yeah. And some of those quick bowlers, so we've got Hannah Darlington in there, Taylor Volemic and Darcy Brown. Was there any discussion about people maybe like Kim Garth or Lauren Cheadle that could have snuck their way into that team of the tournament? Yeah, both those were definitely in in contention and because it's a team that's would ideally play a game, so mm. it's not just about picking the top five run scorers yeah. who all happen to bat um, in the opening positions for their sides mm. and then just whacking them five in a row and it's not picking three, you know, four power play bowlers. Yep. So you, you need someone to bowl at the back end. So mm-hmm. Hannah Darlington probably snuck in there because she's yeah. such a specialist through those middle overs and at the death and has been so good at that again this season. Mm-hmm. Whereas Garth probably edged out by the selections of Valemic and Brown because mm-hmm. they're all just those new ball yep. power play bowlers. And what about the leggy? So you've gone for Wello as the leggy. Alana King didn't get a look in? That was really tight yeah. and, yeah, I think it could have been a flip of a coin based on Kingy's performances in Adelaide at the weekend. So, um, yeah, that one was really hard and uh, you, it's hard to fit in an extra spinner mm. but they were both absolutely deserving. And one thing that we haven't maybe maybe hasn't got as much attention or airtime as maybe it should have but coach of the tournament is Simon Helmet. Was, was everyone pretty set on that or did that were there a few different opinions there? I think it was three out of four voted for him front yeah. up. And um, I just think when you've taken a squad that finished seventh on the table last season, yeah. only won four matches, had eight changes <laughs> to their list this year, <laughs> yeah. and then lost George Wareham, and he steered them to second spot on the table. He's done that with a bowling attack that mm. isn't one of the top in the league. It's got you know elites with Hum and Preet and Molyneux, but then you've got some players who've never really played the, a big role before for their teams like um, Courtney Webb or, or Ellie Falcon are making yeah. her debut this season. Even Rihanna O'Donnell's come in and he just seems to be really cleverly using what he's got to try mm-hmm. and get this team as far into the tournament as possible. Yeah, it's it's almost unbelievable and now they're in a they're in a really good spot to possibly win this tournament. So well done to you, Helmo. And LJ, as we head into the finals week, it was it was a pretty good way to close out the regular season. There were lots lots to talk about. We had First Nations round, of course, and there were lots of great on-field moments as well. So what was your favourite moment of the weekend? I think my highlight was the stumping Georgia Redmayne took on Saturday night up in Mackay. <laughs> uh, just this crazy, crazy legside stumping where yeah. she kind of rolled over, collected the baller, <laughs> executed the stumping, all in one lightning quick motion for yeah. a, a ball that was really wide down the leg side. And she talked afterwards about how that was something she worked on when she was in England a few months ago, playing at the Welsh Fire with mm. England legend Sarah Taylor. Sarah Taylor even got a rounder on the tweet after the game. She was clearly impressed. How so good. I, I love that. Yeah. What was yours, Em? Um my favourite moment of the week, it came late in the day on the Sunday afternoon at Adelaide Oval. I don't think many people, or maybe I, don't, I didn't think the Stars could come out and beat the Strikers and it definitely took something special and that was Elise Falani's maiden century at the Adelaide Oval against the Strikers. And I think the way she did it, they needed one to win. The Stars needed one to win and she needed six for 100 and she didn't take a run off one ball and then didn't want it and then she had to hit a six and she did exactly that. And I think Junior's, like, she's one of, she's one of the greats at the WBBL. Everyone loves her. She's a great personality 
And I think she would have absolutely loved scoring a century and getting her team across the line in that final match. And I'm sure the Stars would have had a good celebration to round out what probably wasn't the way they wanted their tournament to end, but I'm sure they would have had a, a good time on Sunday night. Yeah, and it would have farewelled Ariel Osborne in style. Yeah, that was another one. That's another one. We can have two highlights of the week. Yeah, and finishing off with a win for her, that would have been really special. Yeah. Good happy days for the stars. All right, let's get on to Kristen Beams to talk through all the matchups heading into the finals. And then, of course, we've got Amanda Jade Wellington for an awesome chat about her pets, her Pokemons, and of course, the cricket. Kristen Beams, welcome back to the scoop once again. Beamsy, it's finals time. We're down to the final four, and we're kicking things off with the Strikers versus the Heat in the Eliminator at Adelaide Oval, which is which is going to be a cracker. I'm pretty excited for it. Looking at both of these teams, what do you reckon is going to be key for both both of these teams if they're keen to progress through to the challenger? Yeah, I think the big thing that when it starts getting to finals is that you want those really even contributions and you want that for a few reasons. I think you want to make sure that you've got really good depth going into to finals and, and making sure that everyone's peaking at the right time. But I also think it's really, really important to have that even contribution so that people actually know they can dominate a final. So I think you you need it from a game to game point of view. You want to really have really good diversity with your matchup. So that's really key when you're looking at both teams head to head, but you just want everyone to be feeling like, Hey, if we win this, like I can be the one that can be a player of a final. Um, so I think that's going to be really important for, for both teams coming into this. Cause you still want to have that little eye towards the, the next match. Who do you reckon you would rather be Beamsy? Would you rather be the Adelaide strikers or the heat coming into this match? Just, uh, I think probably the Adelaide Strikers because I think there's been so much talk about the Heat for such a long period of time as being such a top team in this competition. And don't get me wrong, they have not disappointed in that respect. I, I still think they are one of the top teams in this competition, whereas the Strikers have nearly had like a slow build and they've just sort of got better and better. I think when Megan Shute came into the side, I think that was a real sort of point in time and they've just got better and better. So I think probably the the Strikers would they probably give themselves underdog, but I'm not sure that there's an underdog in this clash. And what's a matchup you're really looking forward to seeing in that game between the Heat and Strikers? Uh, I think it's probably the the brown shoot combination versus the, the Red Bane Harris. I think everyone's looking forward to that. I'd probably like to see the Heat win the toss and, and bat first because I think everyone wants to to get a really good look at that. I'm also there's a little matchup in there between Amanda Wellington and Laura Commence. I think if we if we get that contest at some point in the game I think that'll be really exciting to watch I think we know how Laura Kements is going to play but I think Amanda Wellington's been very good in this tournament so I think who wins that little battle as well could be quite telling because we've seen Laura Kements finish innings for the Heat so well over this tournament. Yeah it's certainly going to be an interesting one and Beamsy another player that sort of always flies under the radar and has just gone bang in the last couple of matches is Katie Mack. I think she's really sneaking up that uh, runs tally. Have you played against Katie Mack much and what makes her such a dangerous batter? Yeah, she's so busy and I've had the the opportunity to play with and against her and I think she's really evolved her game. I think she was always one of those players that, you know, hit the hit the ball to the drives and run and, and considered herself to be that really busy player. But now we've seen her get those 50-plus scores and I think that really puts you into a category that's very elite. So I think she's had a really good tournament and I think she's been well complemented with the other batters in the lineup and we've talked about the strikers and having that really good diversity. And I think Katie Mack's actually been a really important cog in, in that batting lineup. And looking at, at these 
uh, three teams who, who could face Perth. Who's your prediction to get through? And can you see it being one of those teams that has to play the eliminator than the challenger? Yeah, it's a it's a really tough one, I reckon. Um, I, I've stuck with the heat the whole way through, so I'm, I'm not going to drop them at this point. But I think, you know, when we think about the, the other teams that are in the hunt, I think the strikers, as I said, have got better and better. And the renegades, for me, can chase down any total. So, I think you've got some interesting dynamics through the the three teams to to make it through. I think there's really good pros and cons um, about continuing to play through. I think you feel like you've got momentum. We talk about that a lot in T20 cricket, but you know we're also you know if you the scorchers, if you've got any niggles within your team or you've got any little injuries, actually being fresh coming into a finals really advantageous as well. So you know I wouldn't be surprised to see a team sort of go bang 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 all the way through. Um, but then that'll be an interesting little dynamic if the, the Scorchers have been, you know, cooling their heels for a week as well. So I think there's lots of little sort of gameplay um, that we're going to see over the next week. So I'm really interested to see how that unfolds. Uh, that was one, quest- one question we were going to ask you. Um, the Scorchers obviously have the week off and they'll be spending that week in WA. They won't have to travel to Perth the day between the Challenger and the final. A lot of advantages there. Is that all win for them or is there a risk of losing momentum with a bit of time off? Yeah, I think it'll be a really interesting week for them and how they go about it. I wouldn't be surprised if they actually had some practice matches or found a way to have some match simulation during the Mm. week. I think you want to continue to keep competing. I think that's actually really important, but I agree. I think there's really great um, advantages in having that time off with no travel. Also getting some time at home. I think we we forget how long this tournament is and how much teams have actually been on the road. So especially for those local players, the chance to actually go home and, and have a bit of a break. And as I said, any injuries, this is, this is the perfect time to, to have a couple of days off. You know, if you've, you've got that broken finger or that little soft tissue, I think that's, that's got a big advantage there. But I think, you know, Shelly Nitschke is such an amazing coach and, and somebody that play, people really love to play for. And I wouldn't be surprised if they've got a really cool kind of structured week to, to make sure that they get the right balance between being fresh and, and also competing a lot. So I don't think it'll be a disadvantage for the Scorchers at this stage. Nice one. And Beamsy, we've got some, we've had a lot of chat over the weekend about, you know, various teams of the tournament on commentary and all that sort of stuff, which has sparked a bit of conversation. But we've got an official uh, team of the tournament coming uh, this week. And of course, with the player of the tournament and young gun announcement. But keen to know, Beamsy, who your player of the tournament has been for WBBL 07. Uh, it's Harman Preet Core for me. Um, you know, I think it's it's not only been about the runs and we've, we've seen her play such key roles um, from a batting point of view. And and I think she's been so important to the Renegade's success. But it's also, I think we're 15 plus wickets as well in the tournament. I think she's been able to do it all, but she's been able to do it at really important times. So it's not the stat, you look at the stats and go, yep, she should, she probably should be the player of the tournament. But for me, it's actually mm. been how she's gone about it. I think when they've needed her to make runs, she stood up and done it. She's bowled overs in the power play, which probably not many people thought she was going to do. So I think she's been outstanding and I'd be really surprised if she wasn't player of the tournament. And we'll have the continuation of the Young Gun Award for the best player under 21. I think it's 21. Yeah. <laughs> um, who it's would now. be your... <laughs> it is now. Um, but who is your Young Gun of the tournament, Beansy? Well, I actually couldn't split it when I was sort of thinking about who it would be and um, both for, for different reasons. But I think Lily Mills with... 16 wickets, I think has been outstanding for for the Scorchers. And also to be an off-spinner at an economy of 3.8, I think is exceptional. Um, and I think she's been very, very good in combination with Alana King. But also somebody who probably snuck under the radar and people probably didn't know her name leading into the this WBBL. But I think Ruth Johnson from the, the Hurricanes has been very good as well. 13 wickets plus 200 runs. So 
she's been able to sort of play a really good all-round role. So I wanted to go for my young gun of not the obvious choices. I think we've got some amazing young talent and we've yeah. seen them play cricket for Australia already. But for me, they are two names that people probably weren't talking about leading into this tournament. And I think they've both done a, a great job for their teams and could both would be very deserving of, of young gun. Love it, Beamsy. Two great selections. And, you know, looking across the tournament, I think it's fair to say some of the Australian stars that we're, used, we're so used to seeing dominate this competition probably haven't had the tournament that they maybe would have hoped. Do you reckon um, there would be any sense of concern from the likes of Matthew Mott and Sean Flegler heading into an Ashes summer? I think for them, it's probably there's going to be a lot of pressure on them from a selection point of view because so many people have played so well in this tournament. I think the Australian players that are that are in and around that maybe haven't performed. I don't think that's a concern at all. I think at, if anything, it's they're probably really looking forward to a little break and getting back to some WNC or cricket. So mm. I don't think there's any issue from a form point of view for the Australian team. I think that team is so, so good. And um, I think they'll continue to be good, but it's probably just the pressure of what those squads look like. And we've, there's been a lot of talk in the men's team around specialist squads and should we see different squads for different formats. And I think that might start to be a discussion in regards to the women's team as well. You know, is that a way to keep players fresh? Um, you know, we've probably had the COVID situation with quarantine and, and the like be a bit of yeah. a factor, which probably won't be as much of a factor in the future, but we're going to see that Australian team play more and more cricket. So I think there might be a little bit around saying, well, you know, is it time to look at specialist squads? Um, and is that a really good way to keep players fresh? Mm. But, you know, I think the only concern for Matthew Mott and Sean Flegler is that there's so many people that have put up their hand to play in this Australian team. So I'd hate to be a selector right now. Absolutely. And I think when you looked at who did and didn't perform from those big name Aussies, the big thing that came across was the ones who didn't do quarantine before that India series and the ones who've had time at home dominated, like Beth Mooney, Megan Chu, Darcy Brown, and your, your Meg Lannings, your Elise Perrys, Ash Gardeners who didn't do so well were the ones who haven't been home since August. And I know from the Indians who are in the same boat, Harmanpreet's the only one who's really had an amazing tournament. The rest have had bits here and there. Do you think that's been a big factor for those players? Yeah, I think so. I think when you're playing a lot of cricket and you're spending a lot of time away from home, I I do think that's a factor. And, you know, we've probably not had that so much in the women's game. You know, our, our male team are used to being away for 200 plus days of, of every year. And, and now our women's team are, are doing the same thing. And I think that's going to take some adjusting, but also the quarantine factor as well. I mean, I haven't spent a whole lot of time in quarantine, but every time you're talking to someone in quarantine and they're sort of like, you know, I haven't had any fresh air in two weeks. I mean, I think that's it. That is really a factor. Um, as I said, hopefully we're not going to see that as much moving forward, but I can certainly understand that it's been a difficult, we will never hear a player use it as an excuse because I think they're such humble, amazing athletes. But I think for, for those of us looking at the game, I, I can certainly cut a lot of slack for, for players that have had to go through that and haven't spent time at home and in and around their families and just sleeping in your own bed, which I think makes a massive difference. Yeah, absolutely. And Beamsy, back on the WBBL, the Hobart Hurricanes, they probably didn't have the season they were looking for, but they managed to finish off the season with two big wins. How important do you reckon that is for them as a team and also for Tasmania heading into WNCL? Yeah, I think when you're talking about a WNCL campaign that's only a few weeks away, I think for the teams that haven't that weren't at really their chance of making the finals. I think you nearly have an eye to the, the WNCL and making sure that you're in that space. So I think the, the Hurricanes did have a good finish. I think, as I said, Ruth Johnson, I think is a massive fine. 
the, the the hurricane. So I think that's been really important. I think Mignon Dupree probably finished the way that we sort of thought she was capable. I think in those first three innings, she was probably thinking, oh my goodness. Um, but she's ended up having a really amazing tournament. I think 400 runs for, for the hurricane. Mm. But I think it is a good sign leading into the WNCL, especially when you consider that the player that's going to come back into that team um, is Elise Falani. Um, yeah. making 100 the other day. So, you know, she's going to make her debut for Tasmania coming up. So I think if you you add in those those runs of Elise Falani with some sort of a little bit of momentum at the back end for the Hurricanes, you think, well, actually, on paper, from a WNCL point of view, they've, they've mm. got a really good team. But as we've seen it from a, a WBBL point of view, you can have a good team on paper, but it's another thing to perform. So no doubt they've got an eye to that um, over the next few weeks and, and getting that right. And one other player who might come in for Tasmania is Maisie Gibson, I guess. Is that, Do you think she'll be back playing cricket soon after two years off WBBL? Yeah, I think she's not that far away and it's, you know, it's not the first knee injury that she's had to overcome and, and that's a that's been a big challenge for her and, you know, no doubt they would have liked to have had her playing in this WBBL, but I'd expect that she's pretty close. And I think she's really important to, to what they're doing. We've seen, actually seen her make a, a, a WNCL 50. So she actually has that ability to there as well. So I think hopefully we'll see those players come into their own um, at some stage during this WNCL, but I'd love to see Maisie Gibson playing. I think when we've seen leg spinners doing so well through the WBBL, yeah. she's a name that I don't think we want to forget straight away because I think she's got a lot to offer. Great call, Beamsy. And I know we've talked about the Sixers a lot, but they've finished on the bottom of the ladder, which is like I don't think anyone would have predicted, predicted that, and it's just hard to see how they seem to be going backwards. Do you think, like, at this point, do you think something bigger has to change or is it just that their bigger players are struggling for form? Yeah, it's it's been such a big talking point and they'll mm. probably sit here and say, I'm actually at a bit of a loss to kind of explain yeah. it, I suppose. And I everyone think, is. <laughs> I, I think it's a it's a really challenging one. I, I think they're probably going to have to make a decision on whether they try and make some change or whether they go hang on this was just this was just one of those tournaments and we, and we you know we've mm. we've had a couple of years where we, we haven't been where we wanted to be and we're actually just going to shrug it off um I'll probably be interested to see how they do go about that um I think you're probably going to have a look at at what's happening when you've you haven't you've had two seasons in a row where you haven't been where you needed to be so um it's just a really hard one because I just I still look at that team list and, and every time I see the Sixers play I'm like this is yeah. going to be the day that that someone is made to pay because they, have, they haven't played as well as they would have liked. So, um, yeah, I, I probably just watch with intrigue as to, to what mm. happens. But I, I'm sure for a lot of those players, I think they're probably just happy to have a rest and, yeah. and you know, let the dust settle. And just finishing off with a bit of chat about the Stars, they farewelled Aaron Osborne yesterday. You would have played a lot of cricket with Aussie. What kind of competitor was she and what mark does she leave on the game? Yeah, it's actually really sad to to see her retire. I think she's been so good for, for so long from a, a Stars point of view. And I mean, she started with the Sydney Thunder, but for me, she's always been Stars through and through and um, somebody that is just a great competitor and someone that you can just rely on. I think she has had such an amazing skill set in T20 cricket because she really was that sort of triple threat. You knew that she could bowl in any phase of the game from a, a bowling point of view. She's one of your best fielders and could also play a, a role with the bat with all those different, managed to hit to different pockets with all those sort of funky shots as well. So she was somebody that for me was really important to rely on as a skipper. I, I knew that I was going to get four overs out of her every time we played a game of cricket. And I think, mm. you know, that's actually a really hard thing to do in T20 cricket to be able to rely on a bowler to be able to do that. So um, she was somebody who I really enjoyed to, to play with for that reason, because you could just always count on her. So I think she, 
has had an amazing career um, for Australia, but but also for for the stars as well. So, I mean, I'm still hoping we're going to see her through the the WNCL. I still think she's got a lot to offer from a cricket point of view, and um, would love to see her turn out for for the ACT in in round one. Yeah, definitely. And Beamsy, I'm sure you would have been absolutely pumped to see Elise Falani smacking a big six to bring up her maiden hundred. How how awesome was that for Junior? Do you reckon? Yeah, look, she's been so good for the stars. I mean, they haven't had the tournament that they would have wanted, but I think for her to to make that many runs and to perform like that when at times your team has been underperforming, I think is is a really really top shelf um, season. I think from from Elise Falani, and you know she she needed that hundred, I think, for herself and. Um, you know that's a that's a that's a big hundred, and to to finish it the way she did, um, I think was was really important. So I think that probably sets her with some amazing momentum into this WNCL. And she was the domestic player of the year last year. There's no reason why she can't win it two in a row. So yeah. I'll be really interested to see how she goes in the in the WNCL in in new colours. Um, mm-hmm. A bit torn both ways, uh, I think. Uh, <laughs> That is a tough one. (laughs) Really proud Tasmanian, but having played so much cricket for Victoria, um, (laughs) I feel a little bit torn, but um, as long as she's making runs and she's happy, that's uh, that's good enough for me. Nice one, Beamsy. Thank you as always for your insights and we can't wait for what's what's all set to be an awesome final series. Chat to you soon, Beamsy. Thanks, Amanda Jade Wellington, we are so pumped to have you on the scoop, uh, member of the Adelaide Strikers and one of the members of the team of the tournament, which is super exciting. So congratulations for that, Wello. But we want to talk firstly about the WBBL finals, which the Adelaide Strikers will be a part of. How's everyone feeling? It seems like you guys are just killing it at the moment. Everything's going pretty nicely and you've got a big eliminator final to look forward to. Yeah, look, there's a really good vibe around the group. I think the girls are gelling well and especially with the momentum towards back end of the tournament, that's what we want. And I think our batters are in form, our bowlers are in form. You know, we're we're fielding great. I think everything's clicking together um, and at the right time. It feels like it's been a a really good season in terms of morale for the strikers. You guys seem really up and about. You've got got to spend plenty of time at home in front of the home fans. How have you enjoyed the season? Yeah, it's been a really good season. I think we've had a really lucky draw. Um, obviously, time with um, in Tassie first, and then in Mackay, and now at home at the back of the tournament. I think our group has been really good, especially with the newcomers like Dane, um, Laura Wolfar. Again, like the girls just gel really well, and we're spending a lot of time with each other. I think there's a good vibe around the group, and I think we're loving everyone's company at the moment. Yeah, nice. And Wello, before we get stuck into too much cricket chat, we are both um, animal enthusiasts, so. For just for our <laughs> listeners' benefit, we'd like you to. Can you just talk us through the pets that you have at home with you? Yep. So everyone calls my house a zoo. So <laughs> at the moment, at the moment we have four French bulldogs, we have two cats, we have two sugar gliders, so like little possum sort of things. If you don't know what they are, um, we have two snakes. One is seven. Four, um, they're both, everyone's name after Pokemon as well. So <laughs> we'll get to that. Well, so. Oh, my God. Yep. So just on the snakes, so what do the yep. snakes do? Do they just, like, slither around or are they in, um, like, a, a tank or something? Uh, they're in the enclosures, but um, right. we let every yeah, – nice. um, we host, like, the seven-foot um, albino pipe and he was on the bed the other day just throwing around and, yeah, we always try and recognise us and, you know, I think that he does recognise us, okay. which is very nice to that <laughs> in the back of our minds. But, yeah, they're loving animals and I think – a lot of people miss, um, miss um, like, interpret snakes as very dangerous, yeah. but they are actually very 
you know, we feel like we've got a connection with them for having them for so long. But yeah, they're they're awesome pets. And and you don't worry about them eating any of the other animals. <laughs> uh, nah, nah, they're all locked up. So my, uh, I'd try and have it if we had the snakes out. That all the animals got to be out of the room. So that's my, I make sure that's the go. Um, but Taylor, every now and then, he'll just have the snake around his neck. Every now and then, with the animals inside, I'm like out get outside <laughs> and so like do the snakes like if you walk in the door after being away for a long time do the snakes like yeah. get excited or like do they get excited at dinner time like do they just like <laughs> like are they like dogs like that or but, pretty chill no they get, they get excited at dinner time because we feed them every two weeks um but yeah which they're quite they're so easily to take care of um but every now and then we'll walk past the glass and he'll recognize us he'll just pop his head up and just see us walking by and he'll just go back rock and sleep (laughs) (laughs) oh what a life and now talk to us next about your pokemon collection which we can see in the background it looks very extensive so talk to us about how that started and how it's been coming along uh, I've been collecting ever since probably 2016, 2017, and I think just the love of it, and it's it's gotten an, it's become an addiction. Honestly, um, I think I can't stop. Honestly, um, I've put that Don't much stop. money into it. Um, you know, it's my pride and joy. It's my best friend. Honestly, uh, as you can see, I've got a room um, dedicated to it, and I need to increase the size of this because it is getting <laughs> yeah. No room. Honestly, there's no room. <laughs> oh, you guys so might good. need to get a bigger house just to fit all the Pokemon. Yeah, well, me and Taylor are actually buying a house soon and we're sort of designing the house around the Pokemon room. <laughs> That's how big it is. <laughs> Incredible. That'll be yeah. a good chat with the real estate agent. <laughs> we need a whole room for Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. Are you this? Like, can't you just sell it? No. <laughs> oh, so good. So good. And so this season at the Strikers, you've had um, shooters, little baby around the group, Riley. <laughs> How's that been? And is anyone getting a bit clucky having a baby around? Uh, I think all the girls are loving it, honestly. I think um, we've talked about it for a while, who's going to be the first one to have a, a, ch- a child around the group. And none of us really thought it was going to be shooter, to be honest. <laughs> a lot of yeah, I said, nah, honestly, maybe in a few years, but we won't see. But, yeah, it's really nice to have something um, other than cricket to look at. Uh, and the girls, and a few of the girls have been going around Shooter's house and enjoying, you know, being aunties and all that, um, just enjoying newborn around. Yeah, nice. And so on the field, you guys, as we said before, you're absolutely humming, like so strong across the board. Heading into this Eliminator final, what do you reckon, like what's going to be the key for you guys to try and get across the line against the Heat? I think for us, it will be taking our chances early. Um, we've seen in the past few games, we've had um, chances chances real early and we just haven't been able to take it and it's been really crucial. Um, for example, yesterday against the Melbourne Stars, we missed a, a stumping um, against um, Elise Blani and she went off and made 100. It's just those crucial mm. things we need to make sure we take. If there's an opportunity, we need to take it, honestly. Um, yeah, it's hurt us in a few games, but um, lucky we've gotten into the finals and hopefully we can do our wrongs. And it, it, the new format of the final system makes it pretty tough for the teams in third and fourth. You've got to play, if you make the final, it's three games in four days. Do you think the strikers are capable of doing that? Uh, I think any team is capable of doing it, especially with the um, the tournament schedule that we've had so far. You know, we've had, what, 14 games 
a ridiculous schedule, but I think mm. the strikers have had eight games in 15 days, which has been incredible. And I think the girls have um, strongly performed throughout those 15 days. And I think what's well, another four days, honestly. Um, but yeah, the schedule can be a bit rough, but I think it's actually, I sort of think of it as a bonus because those teams playing three and four, you know, having that momentum, if you win that game and then you win that next game, you're going to have so much confidence going into the, um, the grand final. So I think it's actually a positive thing if you flip nice. it over. Yeah, it's a, good, it's a good way of looking at it, Willow. And you guys are in a pretty unique position of being able to play the Eliminator final at your home on your home turf of Adelaide Oval. What is that? What would it mean uh, to see a big cohort of Adelaide Strikers fans come out in support of your team on Wednesday night. Yeah, who would have thought fourth place having a, a home uh, semi uh, or whatever yeah, you call it? Yeah, we'll take it. Yeah, we'll take it, honestly. I think it's going to be really important for the fans to come out and watch. And, you know, with the Strikers fan base, I have no doubt a lot of people will show up as well. So I think, you know, we'll have a lot of fans there and a lot of support. And um, on Wednesday, it's mine and Bridget's uh, 100th game as well for WBBL, huge. which is also huge. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping to have my partner come out that day and, you know, I think we've got a presentation before we play, so that'll be very special. Very Would good. Would we be right in saying you two have never missed a game? Yeah, we've never missed a game. <laughs> Shooter, Shooter would have been in the same boat, but obviously she had, uh, yeah, <laughs> Riley. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so we want to talk about a couple of players who've been in amazing form, starting off with Katie Mack. Um, yep. Just the best season from her, um, of her career. I think she's the first domestic player to score more than 350 runs in a season for the Strikers, yep. which is really cool. And she seems to fly under the radar a bit. How have you seen her grow as a player this season? Yeah, she's been fantastic. Honestly, the amount of consistency she's had throughout this season is unbelievable. I made a joke to the girls the other day. I was like, Going into WNCL, playing against mm. her, going to be a nightmare. Honestly, bowling to her. it's I'm thinking of a different format. She'll be out of form, please. I hope to God. <laughs> but yeah, and you, 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 guys both, you, got, you guys were both over in the 100 together. How much do you reckon you and Katie, do you reckon that's both really helped your form coming into this tournament? Yeah, definitely. I think just rolling on from performances over there in the 100 and I think non-stop playing career has helped us both and you know we can see that happening in tournaments like these just rolling on um with good performances and obviously during during um COVID as well not a lot of people had the opportunity to train to play and with extra you know um success as well and bonus really coming into this tournament and yeah we can see it happening and another one wello is darcy brown we both just think darcy brown is like the funniest person to watch ever just like like you know her crawling around on the field running into players just she seems like like a like at once like a space cadet but then she's also an absolute gun like can you just sort of talk to us about what it's like playing with darcy and like does she have a lot of competitive fire as a as a fast bowler yeah, look, Darcy's a rare one, honestly. She's uh, <laughs> she's someone you have to people watch because she'll do something out of the ordinary and just out of the blue. Just She'll have, um, like, these speed dealers on her hat backwards. <laughs> take one of my chains and just all of a sudden just, rock, like, randomly walk around training like being a gangster and next minute she's firing <laughs> head, um, down, bowling down. <laughs> Here and there, but um, yeah, she's awesome. Honestly, the way she goes about her cricket, she just she's careless, like, mm. and that's which is awesome these days. Like, honestly, having someone that young and coming to cricket and being so good, like, 
Oh, yeah. She's going to be incredible when she gets older. Like we sometimes forget how young she is, but then the way she acts, it shows. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you would have played alongside her a lot as she was coming through the pathways in South Australia. Did you sort of envision that she would reach the heights that she's now reaching? No, it's happened so quickly. Like if I think about it, last year was her first year with the Strikers and that's incredible to think about, like, it's ridiculous to see how far she's gone so fast. I just can't wait to see what she will be in a few years' time. I, yeah, cricket to her is going to be amazing in the next few years and the opportunities that will arise to her, it's, yeah, it's endless, honestly. And we've seen Talia McGrath come in this season, first season as captain, and just grab it by the horns. How have you found Team Mac as captain? Yeah, I love Team Mac, honestly. I'm so proud of her to see, you know... At both, you know, back in 2017 when we were both playing for Australia and to see her have a massive gap um, to miss out on, you know, Australia selections, injuries here and there and just the way she's come back and performed for Australia and also for our state is, like, I couldn't be any more proud of her, honestly, like, the way she's gone about it and her game. She's excelled and becoming a leader and she's loving it and, honestly, like, I reckon she's a whole new person now with the amount of confidence that she has and it's awesome to see, honestly. I'm just, yeah, endlessly proud of her. Oh, that's really nice, fellow. And now we want to talk about yourself. The ball's been coming out exceptionally well. You've been bowling, yeah, really well and that's showed by your selection in the team of the tournament. How do you feel like it's coming out and how, like, how's your confidence? Have you been enjoying it, enjoying it all this season? Yeah, look, I've been enjoying it, honestly. Ever since I've been playing for the 100 and coming back here, I felt like, you know, my new perspective on cricket has helped a lot and, you know, just always playing with a smile on my face and just enjoying it. I think, you know, I'm not really thinking too much about selection here or there. I'm just focusing on the game one game at a time and, yeah, just enjoying bowling, enjoying bang when I get the chance, if I need the chance to do it for the strike. I haven't really done it yet, which is good. So, yeah, like I'm just enjoying it, honestly. Like I'm having more fun than I have ever had and, yeah, just enjoying the opportunities, really. And speaking of the 100, we've seen some of the uh, the players from England come over and really shine here. How have you enjoyed watching your your mates like Izzy Wong and Maya Bauchi come and play in Australia? Yeah, look, I'm extremely proud of Wongy. The amount of experience and talent she has, like she's still so young. She's 19 once again. Like she's a Darcy Brown, honestly. From yeah. playing with her in the KSL, what, back in 2019 to see how she's come about her cricket. Um, I made a comment to her the other day. I said to her, the amount of experience and talent you have coming from the 100, from the 100, you were just bowling fast and wanted to get over a certain pace, whereas here you mm. have plans, you have execution, you have certain plans for certain batters and all that sort of stuff in your field. You have more skill and um knowledge about the game now which is you know it's exciting to see and I can see that as well and it's exciting for her um to see that growth as well so I said to her I'm extremely proud of you and how far you've come and you've got so far to go as well I can't wait to see her play for England one day but yeah it's same same with um my Boucher like yeah extremely proud those girls had the opportunity to come over here and sort of do what we did for the 100 when mm. the girls, <clears throat> when the Australian girls couldn't go over there, sort of the under the radar girls got the experience yeah. and opportunity to go over there and put their name out there and, and about and hopefully, you know, the girls that came over for the England squad, um, you know, opened up some doors for them in the near future. 
Yeah, absolutely. And just away from the cricket, like going over to the 100 and meeting those girls and now them coming over here, how cool is it that you guys, you know, after a whole year of being locked away in COVID, like how cool is it that you've been able to go over to England, like meet new people and then you can hang out with them back in Australia on your home turf? Yeah, I think tournaments like those are extremely important for like social side of cricket as well. The amount of friends I've made going to tournaments, you know, I've played in the KSL, I've played in the 100, I've played in the... Otago Sparks over in New Zealand as well. So I still yeah. have good over there and the amount of communication and, you know, I guess the catch-ups, uh, the main things as well. Like over here, I caught up with Izzy Wong, you know, Smitty Mandana, um, my Boucher, all those other players. Yeah. Like it's it's incredible what cricket does for you. And honestly, like I don't know where I would be on my social side without. I'll be just in my room, my Pokemon room, <laughs> just chilling out. <laughs> uh, like... Yeah, the friends you make during cricket is unbelievable, honestly. That's oh, so good. It's just living <laughs> yeah. the dream. Yeah, yeah. literally, Gold. again, <laughs> something love and spending on Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> and just, I know, Wella, you're probably not thinking about this too much, but there is an Ashes series coming up. How much would it mean to you to possibly be a part of that? Yeah, look, honestly, there's not much thought about it. I'm just trying to not think about it too much. But, um, yeah, obviously with the unfortunate accident with you know Georgia um mm. where um, that happened during our game you know it, yeah you hate seeing people going down with injuries honestly like yep. it, it it's the worst feeling honestly and you know unfortunate things happen but you know if the opportunity arises you know I'll try and take it with both hands but yeah not really thinking about it too much just trying to do my job for the strikers at the moment and just yeah, keep being happy playing with cricket. Sounds very good. Yeah. And so just finally, finally, we're just going to put you on the spot a little bit with our <laughs> Weber Who's Cooking segment oh, brought yeah. to you by the uh, WBBL naming rights sponsor, Weber Barbecues. So yeah. we're going to ask you who your three dream barbecue guests would be. Oh. This could be fun. <laughs> oh. oh, there's my dogs. Dog. <laughs> um. Oh, who would I be? I reckon I would go Conor McGregor. He, <laughs> okay. He'll okay. bring a little arguments into it. Um, and he'll, yep. he'll bring, what is it, proper 12 whiskey as well, so free drinks. Certainly. Um, <laughs> yep. Um, I reckon I'll go David Tennant. Um, David Tennant? Yeah. So he Doctor oh, okay. Who, <laughs> who, yeah. Played in Harry Potter as well. Um, yes, of course. And I reckon... I would bring Mr. Arita, the, the illustrator of Pokemon, but he, I don't think I'll much out of him because the language barrier. But um, okay, I've gone blank here. Um, I'm just going to say Shane Warne. Yeah, just because Shane chats. Warne. Okay. Yeah. yeah Shane Warne and Conor McGregor in the same room. That could be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but whiskey, you never know. He's big. Wow. Well, so. It would probably be. It would probably end up being pretty fun. It would be, it would be, definitely. <laughs> nice one. Well, thank Wello, thank you so much for joining us on The Scoop. We really appreciate you taking the time and we wish you and the Adelaide Strikers all the best for the upcoming final series. We can't wait to watch. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> he leaves away. Australia away. Sit back and enjoy the stroke play of Meg Lanning. This is excellent batting by Ash Gardner. Jonathan strikes again. She's on a hat trick. She comes at Molyneux. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.